It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Now I want to bring you some breaking news. A Hamas security force chief has been killed alongside some of his family. Uh, and uh, an Israeli airstrike on his home uh, has taken its toll. Jihad Mason uh, was one of the key leaders within Hamas. We'll give you more on that as we get it. Uh, Meanwhile, Israeli President Isaac Herzog has slammed the BBC's coverage of the Israel-Hamas conflict, calling it atrocious. He's taken issue with their refusal to call the terrorist group Hamas terrorists. Uh, Yes, they are terrorists, and we aren't afraid of saying that here on Talk TV. Aside from that, their reporting has been criticised as anti-Israel. Have a look at uh, BBC reporter John Donison reporting on the explosion at the Gaza hospital the other night. The Israeli military has been contacted uh, for comment, and they have said that they are investigating But, uh, you know, it is hard to see what else this could be, really, given the size of the explosion, other than an Israeli airstrike or several airstrikes. What it could be uh, is a terrorist missile, actually. Uh, To discuss this and more, I'm joined by former editor of uh, the BBC Today programme and now columnist for The Sun, The Sunday Times, The Spectator, you name it, he writes for it. Uh, Rod Little. Hi, Rod. Hi, good morning. Uh, first of all, actually, it's afternoon, point of order. It is, it is. Yes, yeah, sorry, mate. That's the sort of sloppy reporting you get on the state broadcast of the it BBC. Is, it is, it is. Uh, yeah. This is now, I would suggest, Rod, as a former BBC man, this is a full-scale crisis for the BBC. This is the president is. Um, of, of, the, uh, of Israel calling its uh, reporting of this awful conflict in the Middle East uh, atrocious, and that guy John Donison saying it's hard to see how else, what, who else could be to blame for this bombing of this hospital. Uh, it's obvious. It's it's not hard to blame anyone else because it looks as if almost certainly it was actually a stray misfiring terrorist missile, plus the fact you've got old John Simpson back here saying, oh, we never do this. We don't call them terrorists. We didn't call the Nazis evil and so on and so forth. Why don't they get with the programme and start at least calling Hamas uh, um, terrorists? And uh, why do they... I mean, they are coming across as somebody, as a broadcaster, that despises Israel and is pro-Palestine. I'm right, aren't I? Well, they do despise Israel and they are pro-Palestine. There's no question about it. And this is really now a a full-blooded crisis for them. Uh, It's not simply the John Donison stuff, uh, though that betrayed a degree of the uh, inherent bias which they have and which has shown through in every moment of their coverage. You may also have seen that the, uh, uh, I think it's the the Centre for Accuracy in Middle East uh, Reporting and Analysis, uh, has absolutely eviscerated the BBC. That's an independent watchdog based in America, which tries to ensure that 
there's even-handed approach to all this. <clears throat> and it said that their, their coverage has been biased from the start. Uh, and it, did, it, it, was, it was this organisation which did the uh, investigation, which led to the BBC suspending six of its Arabic service broadcasters, journalists, for having cheered, uh, uh, for having liked tweets and retweeted uh, uh, various posts which cheered the Hamas uh, depravities on October the 7th. So you've got a whole six. Did we not know their bias before? <laughs> was their bias not evident before? Of course it was. You've also got another BBC correspondent <clears throat> breaking down in tears in the hospital, in a hospital, uh, because his various uh, Palestinian friends had been killed. Um, and you've got their continued refusal to use the word terrorist when they've used the word terrorist countless times about countless other acts of terrorism. Uh, Any time that there's a terrorist attack in this country, they use the word terrorist. And I don't know how else you could define the Hamas uh, savagery of October the 7th apart from using the word terrorism. It was a terrorist act. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'll tell you something that I think is very unhealthy for any human being, and that is to work for a single organisation, a single company, whatever, for 53 years. John Simpson, I don't know what his current highfalutin title is, you know, God of all foreign affairs or something. He joined the BBC in 1970. He's still there uh, and he is uh, spewing a load of claptrap about why <coughs> the BBC won't call Hamas terrorists because he said that would be to take sides. Uh, the BBC didn't even take sides against the Nazis. Uh, I mean, a lot of old rubbish and the Jewish community are extremely upset. I mean, this man is institutionalised and incapable of coherent thought about any issue because he thinks the BBC is the centre of perfection. It is far from that, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's true. And uh, let's give Simpson some credit. He's done some good reports down the years, but I think, <laughs> suspect he may be over the hill and institutionalised is quite right. Uh, I mean, and he's also inaccurate. I mean, people want the BBC to call Hamas terrorists, not because they're on the side of Israel, but because it's an accurate description of what they did, <laughs> rather than cheeky little scamps or whatever the BBC <laughs> prefers to refer them as. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's just a matter of accuracy and impartiality. And similarly, when Simpson says we don't use the word terrorist, he used it. You know, we have we have tweets of him using the word terrorist, and the BBC uses the word terrorist when there is a terrorist outrage anywhere else, just not when it's against Israel, and so, that's the that's the real problem. Now, you know, you're a former BBC man, uh, a rather distinguished former BBC man, because there's no uh, more important job to them than editor of the uh, flagship Today programme on Radio Four. Tell us about the mindset of this organisation, because it seems to me that the more the public uh, complain about the way they report this, uh, or about anything, in fact, uh, as soon as the public starts saying, well, we're very upset with the BBC for this, that and the other, Gary Lineker's tweets or the coverage of the uh, Middle Eastern crisis, it sort of digs its heels in and like a naughty school kid that's been uh, caught red-handed, just will, well, we're not going to change our mind, we're not going to do it because we're the BBC 
see and we call the shots. I mean, is that a kind of accurate description of the mindset of many people who work for the state broadcast? Kind of, kind of. I mean, I mean, there are two things. The first is that uh, the BBC has a complete lack of diversity when it comes to uh, political opinions. And, you know, I, I've got Facebook friends who are either serving BBC journalists or ex-BBC journalists, and they pretty much all think the same thing, you know? <laughs> um, you, you cannot find one of them who's in favour of Brexit, for example. <laughs> they just don't exist. There's just none of them. But the other thing is, I mean... Um, you're right, they do dig their heels in. Um, it's true that the BBC is frequently under assault by other organisations and news institutions which oppose it either ideologically or commercially. Um, they, 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 they do have that to contend with. But their approach is always the same with this vast bureaucracy of middle managers, all of whom are called James, by the way. Um, this vast bureaucracy of middle managers. Their, and you saw it with the Hugh Edwards story. Their initial reaction is always deny, obfuscate, batten down the hatches, don't reveal the truth. You saw it with Jimmy Savile, yeah. to be honest. You know, it's been all the way through. They, they're, they're, what they are trying to do is protect their own necks. And they will go to any lengths to do so. And it's, it's, uh, so it's too bureaucratic. Too many people have the same opinion. It's a bubble. It's, a, it's an echo chamber over there. Everyone, they, they believe, not that they're politically biased, but that they're right. They, they don't think it's a political issue. They think they are right. And they think that on loads of issues from immigration, race, gender equality, everything, they think it's not a question of politics. We are simply civilised and right. And because there is no one in New Broadcasting House to dis disagree with them, uh, that, that view gets entrenched. Um, and it, it, it's hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And I know that the Director General, Tim Davey, is aware of this. Because we've spoken about it, and because he's spoken about it publicly, uh, and he has done a few things, uh, you know, which which to try to redress the balance. But how you redre redress the balance? Twenty thousand journalists and BBC workers, you know, um, uh, and producers and so on. I just don't know how you get round to doing that. Uh, I, it, it seems to me a, a forlorn occupation. I think that the BBC should be allowed to do exactly what it wants, uh, to report stories exactly how it wants to report them, to make dramas exactly the dramas it wants to make, uh, but not at our expense. You know, it should operate like yeah. a normal commercial organisation and pay for itself. Uh, that would, for a start, uh, perhaps encourage it to make a few programmes that are actually watchable because you don't get uh, adverts, you don't get advertising revenue yeah. on the back of programmes that are unwatchable, like the Jimmy Savile drama, The Reckoning. Uh, uh, but, of course, they've got the licence three, 3.5 billion quid a year, courtesy of you and me, you know, 160 quid a year. We all have to pay for this pretty pathetic service. Uh, how how much longer, Rod, can the licence fee survive? It is time to cut the state broadcaster adrift from the state and let it pay for itself, yes? Yes, I think so now, uh, because it, yeah, the, 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 the arrangement by which we pay this money every year uh, so that we can uh, subsidise uh, Hamas sympathisers in the Arabic service, which is also paid for by the licence fee, of course, uh, it's become anachronistic. 
Um, and you look at you look at the programs they're putting out. They they can no longer punch their weight when it comes to big sporting events. When it comes to big when it comes to big national events, they sometimes get it right. But by and large, uh, there is no call for a state broadcaster like that anymore, as there was in the days of Lord Reith and right up to you might say, you know, the the, the late nineteen nineties. For twenty years, uh, it's been a declining. Uh, is a declining industry. It simply cannot fight against people like Netflix, you know, and Sky. It just doesn't have the weight. And the truth is, the problem with the BBC is that it's never been exposed to commercial pressure. It, you know, if this had been Sky or uh, ITN or, 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 or anyone else, people would have been sacked by now, you know, because this is a problem. You know, there would have been action taken. But because the BBC is insulated from the commercial world, nothing ever gets done. Yeah, the commercial imperative uh, leads to quality programming. Uh, yeah. Now, do, do you think, Rod, uh, that uh, anyone at the BBC uh, will assimilate the magnitude of the president of Israel, a president of a major nation, criticising its reporting as atrocious. I mean, this is extraordinary. Yeah, will will yeah, they but, but, take this on board? Will they realise the seriousness of this? I think perhaps Tim Davey might. Um, I don't think the rest of them will. Uh, it's just... Um, it, it's, if anything, being denounced by the Israeli Prime Minister uh, will merely serve to convince them that they're doing the right thing, uh, I, I suspect. Uh, but but it's not just the Israeli prime minister, is it? You know, it's also our prime minister who said they should be called terrorists. Uh, Keir Starmer didn't have any problem with calling them terrorists. Didn't have any problem with saying we stand with Israel because of this terrorist attack. You know, you know, if, if it were just the president of Israel, one might understand the BBC's um, refusal to do as everybody wants it to do. But it's not. It's the entire Western world saying, what yeah. the hell are you up to? You know, and this independent study from an organisation in America, which which absolutely eviscerates their, their coverage of, of, uh, of the Middle East. I happen to know that uh, within the confines of a broadcasting house, there was turmoil over this uh, uh, John Donison report. Uh, there are some decent journalists who just said, oh, wait a second, we can't just take Hamas's yeah. view of, of things. Uh, but when John Simpson said, well, you see, if we called Hamas terrorists, it would be taking sides. Now, I think that with all, view, with all due respect to, to impartial reporting, surely... It's okay to take sides against people who behead babies, who indiscriminately yeah. rape innocent women, who execute people on their uh, own doorsteps, who cut down 260 kids at a pop concert in a hail of bullets. Uh, if John Simpson is listening or watching, uh, John, I think it's okay to take sides against those kind of people. What is going on in his ancient mind? But it's not even taking sides, mate. It's... It's just reporting accurately that, that if you sort of uh, stage an incursion into another country using paragliders, murder innocent people, civilians, and do so target innocent civilians, which is the essence of terrorism, which is to sow terror amongst the population. That is what they were doing. By definition, that is terrorism. 
There is no other word for it. You, you cannot say that it's a military assault. It's not a country going to war. It's an act of terrorism. And that is where I think Simpson gets it completely wrong, as well as being totally inaccurate. Uh, about uh, whether the BBC uses the word terrorism before, because as I've said, it uses it very, very frequently, just when it's not against Israel. But the trouble is, they don't like Israel. I mean, it, it really does seem to be the case. They simply do not like Israel. And I think that has been true of BBC reporting, even from some of their best reporters, for the last 20 years. You know, they, they cannot abide the place. They believe that... <coughs> I, I would imagine they will, most of them would believe that it was a mistake to have um, set Israel up in the first place. You know, they have no time for it whatsoever. Uh, and on, they, 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 do take, they do take sides, you know. It, 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 the BBC was anti-Robert Mugabe. Uh, that's when I was at the, the BBC. It would seem to be clearly from the from the reporting that it thought Robert Mugabe was a bit of a bad thing. And as it happens, I agree with them. <laughs> I think he was a bit of a bad thing. But this notion that they don't take sides is an absurdity. Yeah. It is an absurdity. Uh, and they've taken sides on everything. They take sides on, on the on the uh, Rohingya Muslims. In, Brexit. Uh, don't Myanmar. forget Brexit. <laughs> and Brexit. Well, they, they were okay in the lead to Brexit. It was only after the vote that they kind of were gripped by an apoplexy. How could these <laughs> awful people have been so stupid? Um, so it was only after Brexit that they went really do lally. But you, you will see the same bias, the same bias on... Uh, I was listening uh, to... They, they had, they, they've got a programme where they're, they're, where they're explaining the Palestinian-Israeli historical context, which is, of course, weighted against Israel and against Britain, as it happens. Um, and it's the pejorative language they use. So they were cheering Israel for being set up as a socialist, secular state. But the presenter then said, but now it's become right wing. And it was assumed, it was just naturally assumed that left wing good, right, right wing bad. It, it was just a natural assumption. Yeah. You know, and, the, and that permeates everywhere in the BBC. Exactly. It permeates their coverage on everything. Yeah. Yeah. But the, Rod, there's no such thing uh, in BBC land as a right-wing government like um, Benjamin Netanyahu's, they're always far right. Far right. I think what's going right to happen with the B well, I think what's going to happen with the BBC is there is a day of reckoning coming for them, and they could maybe make a drama about it and call it the reckoning. Oh, wait a minute! They've already used that title for their dreadful <laughs> pedo-washing pile of awful rubbish. The reckoning about Jimmy Savile, their in-house sex fiend. Uh, it just goes on and on. Rod, fantastic to talk to you as always. That's Rod Little, to to you. Uh, best columnist in Britain by a long chalk. Next up, during the pandemic, he was a beacon of light, raising millions of pounds to support our NHS. But now the Captain Tom Foundation is set to close down after a series of scandals. See you in three.